This is the Poison Terminator podcast. My name is Carlo Diolem. Today we will be talking about the adverse effects of fluoroquinolones observed in some patients and what can be done to mitigate the adverse effects associated with this medication. My guest today is uh, Dr. Beatrice Golomb. Dr. Golomb is the director of the Golomb Research Group. She's a professor of medicine at the University of California, San Diego. She received a bachelor's in physics from the University of Southern California. Dr. Gollum has also an MD and PhD from the University of California in San Diego. Dr. Gollum's research interests include the balance of treatment risks and benefits, research methods and inference from evidence, and environmental and medication effects. A number of her studies have been featured in U.S. and international print, radio, and television media from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and The Economist. Welcome to the show, Dr. Golomb. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Golomb, what are yes. fluoroquinolones prescribed for? Well, probably most commonly for urine-related infections and respiratory infections, but also for skin and a range of other infection settings. Can you tell us which uh, fluoroquinolones are most prescribed in the U.S.? Um, the three most prescribed are ciprofloxacin, which people um, sometimes hear of as cipro, levofloxacin, which is also called levoquin, and moxifloxacin, which is avalox. What are the adverse effects observed in some patients taking fluoroquinolones? Well, they're very wide-ranging. Uh, the most sort of characteristic are tendon um, adverse effects, which can include tendon rupture, uh, tendinopathy, etc. And those are the things that doctors are probably most familiar with. But they can also, in a subgroup of people, cause effects ranging from cognitive, psychiatric, gastrointestinal, muscle, uh, skin, uh, blood sugar elevations and depressions, heart abnormalities, uh, sleep problems, very wide-ranging potential problems, and a small subset of people actually develop a persistent progressive course in which even after the fluoroquinolones are stopped, new adverse effects continue to materialize in new realms, which is relatively unusual, but is comparatively characteristic um, for, for a subset of people taking this drug class. Um, and following our article describing this pattern, uh, the U.S. FDA changed their labeling. Um, our, our paper was published. The U.S. FDA changed their labeling and recognized this pattern in 19, excuse me, in uh, 2016. The uh, Health Canada followed in 2017, and the European Medicines Agency has just recognized this issue as well in 2018. How are the adverse effects of fluoroquinolones uh, managed? There's not good evidence on how to manage them. Uh, so uh, empirically, we manage based on the known processes involving oxidative stress, which is the kind of free radical injury that antioxidants protect against, and damage to mitochondria, which are the energy-producing parts of cells. So we use a mitochondrial cocktail, which is a range of nutrients that help support cell energy production um, and also antioxidation and also magnesium supplements and sometimes supplements with other 
uh, what are called cations, positive ions like zinc, uh, etc. Why do some people experience serious adverse effects from fluoroquinolones and others do not? Well, you can ask the same question about every toxin. There isn't any, any substance that affects everybody equally. Um, probably a part of it is baseline status of the mitochondria. And in fact, in many of the people who develop serious problems, they had previously taken fluoroquinolones with either no problem or minor problems. So we think that actually the damage to the mitochondria builds and is cumulative. Um, although some people can begin to develop these serious problems within, you know, even a day of using fluoroquinolones, other people will use them for several weeks before problems begin to appear. So uh, we believe drugs that operate through mitochondrial toxicity, that cumulative injury to mitochondria, whether from the fluoroquinolones themselves or from other factors in the past, makes some people more vulnerable. As with many other drugs and toxins, also people differ in their ability to clear the drug. So people who have either through genetic factors or through other factors that compete for clearance mechanisms or inhibit them, they may end up with higher levels of fluoroquinolones in their blood at a given dose. And this um, is also uh, uh, likely to be tied to higher prospects for having serious problems. What is a mitochondria? The mitochondria are the bits inside cells that help produce energy. And there are many, many, many of them inside every cell. And in fact, they're like little colonies of bacteria. And it's believed that eons ago, that's exactly what happened, is that a bacteria that could produce you know, energy from oxygen <laughs> is used with a nucleated cell, and over the eons, they evolved together to, to operate together. They have their own DNA, and there is evidence that, that fluoroquinolones can impair the replication of mitochondrial DNA um, as, as one of the potential mechanisms of, of mitochondrial impairment. These DNA you inherit, in general, only from your mother, and, uh, and they're involved specifically in cell uh, energy production. They also <coughs> have other functions in the body, including regulation of cell death, which is probably also a feature in some of these fluoroquinolone cases. Are there any factors that could increase the risk of uh, occurrence of fluoroquinolone's adverse effects? Uh, longer duration of use, uh, we are not sure yet, but we think uh, past use may actually turn out to be a risk factor. Past exposure to mitochondrial toxins, we believe, will make mitochondria more, more vulnerable to the problems from these drugs. Um, so those are some of the factors. Also, uh, you know, uh, younger age can be a problem, and older age can be a problem in a different way. In part, older people clear drugs less well, typically. <clears throat> and also, um, the, the side effects of fluoroquinolones can be mistaken for uh, problems associated with aging, therefore not recognized. Children are particularly likely to have um, a profile that involves joint, uh, you know, as, as well as sort of muscle, et cetera, problems arising from this. Uh, and probably smaller body size because that means that there's a larger effective dose for the similar you know, milligram dose. You just mentioned uh, that uh, fluoroquinolones has uh, several adverse effects. When would it be appropriate to use uh, fluoroquinolones? 
Well, the FDA has changed their labeling recommendations, and they now recommend against their use for routine uncomplicated urinary infections and upper respiratory infections. But my view, even though these very serious problems occur in a minority of cases, their impact when they do occur is so great that I really believe that these agents should only be used when there's, you know, a life-threatening condition and no viable uh, antibiotic alternative. Uh, what are the contraindications of uh, fluoroquinolones? Well, the ones that are sort of in the literature um, predominantly involve the heart because uh, some fluoroquinolones more than others can increase the risk of um, arrhythmia um, and a, a heart rhythm irregularity that can, you know, be, be serious or potentially fatal. And so other drugs that do something called increasing the QT interval, people who have themselves prior history of heart rhythm problems uh, like slow heart rate bradycardia, a prior adverse effect on a fluoroquinolone antibiotic, um, high or, 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 excuse me, low potassium or low magnesium, which can also increase the risk of, of heart problems, uh, pregnancy, and breastfeeding. But I would add my own <laughs> additional thoughts, uh, you know, people who've had, you know, past major exposures to mitochondrial toxins might particularly be wary um, those agents could include, for example, organophosphate pesticides or carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, conditions of that, those kinds. Are there any alternative medications that could be used instead of uh, fluoroquinolones? Well, every condition typically has a list of potential antibiotics, and physicians and labs can test for what the specific bacteria is and which antibiotics that bacteria is sensitive to to determine which other antibiotics are appropriate in that case. Do you have any advice for people who, who have taken uh, fluoroquinolones and are experiencing adverse effects? Uh, be prepared to be the one that educates your physician. Uh, most physicians seem unaware of the changes in labeling by the FDA and unaware of these conditions. Uh, a typical example is an email I just received yesterday from someone who developed these problems and said that she had been to, I'm not actually sure if it was a he or she, the name was one that could be either, had been to seven different doctors and each of them had treated the, the individual as though they were a hypochondriac. Um, we had another individual who said that they looked in their medical record which said that they had a fixed delusion that the fluoroquinolone had caused their problems, whereas in fact they were a classic case of the persistent progressive uh, tight. So uh, a lot of physicians, you know, there are a lot of good physicians that are trying to pay attention to these issues, and we hear from some of those asking how to help manage their patients, but there are many other physicians that are simply unaware of these problems and have difficulty with concepts like that drugs can cause adverse effects that persist and progress after the drug has been discontinued. They forget that we, for example, we know that <laughs> that agents that trigger autoimmune conditions have effects that last after the agent. Agents that trigger cancer have effects that last after the agent. It's actually not that rare a phenomenon. Uh, drugs and toxins can, can trigger mechanisms that produce forms of damage that are self-perpetuating and that last after the agent has, has gone out of the body. Do you think that uh, fluoroquinolones' adverse effects are underdiagnosed? Highly underdiagnosed. Highly underdiagnosed. 
Another example actually is a, a, a gentleman who emailed me on a different subject, an article I had written about, quote, psychogenic illness, which is where doctors think that uh, you know, illnesses are all in patients' head, and there's no actual positive evidence that that ever happens, by the way. Um, and I had written an, an essay about that, and he thanked me for it and said that, you know, it was uh, when he was told that his, his fibromyalgia was psychosomatic, it was like an accusation, and that once you're labeled as a, quote, somatizer, it's, it's hard to get away from that diagnosis. But he mentioned, in addition to the fibromyalgia, that he, you know, that his, his symptoms included tendon and cartilage symptoms, and I wrote back and I said, you know, what, what, what it sounds like you have a fluoroquinolone toxicity. And he was not aware of having taken a fluoroquinolone, but got a hold of his medical records. And sure enough, he had taken levofloxacin shortly before the onset of this range of different symptoms. So that's another, you know, that's an, one of many examples of a setting in which the physicians uh, were not alert to and did not, um, you know, recognize uh, the profile that, that, that occurs with fluoroquinolones. What do you think and uh, explain this uh, underdiagnosis of uh, fluoroquinolones adverse effects? Well, I think that adverse effects in general are, are underappreciated in medical education, and some of that probably arises from the fact that there's you know strong industry involvement in medical education and continuing medical education. Um, and the other factor is that there's whereas you know, there are parties with an interest to make sure you hear about drug benefits. There are no similar parties with a financial interest to make sure that physicians hear about adverse effects when they are, um, when, when they are identified. Um, so there's a, a huge imbalance in, um, in the amount of attention given to potential benefits relative to potential harms. And in part, that can drive attitudes by some physicians that are dismissive of or disbelieving of drug adverse effects generally, and that applies to this set of drug adverse effects specifically. What step could, could we take to help in the prevention of uh, fluoroquinolones adverse effects? Well, uh, I think being alert to the potential for these problems, and if a physician prescribes a fluoroquinolone agent, reviewing with them the potential complications and you know, asking them what alternative agents might be considered uh, is one approach. I think, sadly, there are many instances in which, um, you know, the patients lead uh, in, in knowledge on some issues and physicians follow. Again, that's not true for every physician. There are many truly wonderful physicians out there who are working very hard to be alert to these issues. But, um, but the other thing is, you know, busy, and they have many things that they're expected to know and learn, and and they don't know and learn all of them. <laughs> so it's very hard to do. Can you talk about a research yes. project that you're conducting on fluoroquinolones? Uh, yes, we're interested. Uh, we have a, a survey study of people who have taken fluoroquinolones, and we're interested in both people who have had problems, and also we're very interested in hearing from people who've taken fluoroquinolones without having had problems, um, because uh, It's only by including that group that we can better learn to identify what the risk factors are that make some people at increased risk uh, for developing problems, what the circumstances and risk factors are. Um, so if anyone is interested, they can go to um, fqstudy.info online, and we very much hope that people will participate. Um, if they want, we also, this work, uh, we don't take pharmaceutical company funding in my lab. 
This work was initiated when a group of fluoroquinolone-affected patients came to us and appealed to us to study the problem that they were having. This did not come with any money. <laughs> he wants to, to donate. None of the money uh, goes to me. It just goes to, to operation costs. Um, so they're welcome to reach out to us at the Gawamp Research Group at UC San Diego as well. Uh, you don't receive any money, so you must love uh, a lot what you do. Well, you know, I think that there are some problems that need to be addressed and, you know, patients feel that the medical and research communities are, are not being their allies and, you know, some people spend their time on other kinds of charitable projects. This is one where I feel that, that my skulls allow me to make a difference here and, and because we think it's important and not widely done by others, um, that we take that on. Have you received uh, any unfavorable reactions about your research on uh, fluoroquinolones? Uh, if I have, I haven't heard about them. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't hunt social media <laughs> to see what is said, so uh, not that I know of. I will say that, that oftentimes people who study adverse effects of drugs experience uh, adverse repercussions, and the, you know, the more profitable the drug class is, the, the more that is likely to happen. Uh, but to my knowledge on this issue, uh, I'm not aware of any. Is there anything that you would like to add? And nothing that I can think of. Thank you very much for your interest in this issue. It's very important thank, one. Thank you so much, Dr. Golem, for being here with us today to help us understand more the adverse effects of uh, fluoroquinolones. That's all for today. I'm the Poison Terminator. I'll be back next week with another episode. Have a great day.